never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that rolls for initiative instead of investigation because, well, mimics. My name is Drill, be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Hey, man. Here. What's up? Not much, dude. Um, I don't know about you, but I feel like we didn't have any calm down from C2E2 to the next thing, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I think we had C2E2. We had multiple, like, big movies that came out in between. We had uh, Star Wars Celebration and pair that with a uh, holiday weekend, <laughs> like Easter going by and whatever family events or gatherings you had to deal with with that. And it's just been a whirlwind of uh, insanity. So, yeah, I'm right there with you as far as that, as far as that goes. Well, what's nuts is, is I feel all right. I feel like a bad Star Wars fan for not knowing when Star Wars Celebration is. But we, I had so much other stuff going on that it for some reason wasn't really on my radar. And yeah. I remember we're walking through C2E2 one week before Star Wars Celebration. We're like kind of on the escalator on our way down to like the level where we're going to like the show floor kind of. Yeah. And you're like, when is Star Wars Celebration? I go, I'm not sure. Like it might be this might be the year that they're taking off because sometimes they do it every other year. Sometimes they do it every year. Um, And I'm like, I'm not sure. And I usually pick a different city. And that was and then we get back from C2E2, and it's, hey, Star Wars Celebrations this weekend. What? <laughs> <laughs> so. Absolutely, yeah, it's that crazy. Being said, that being said, Easter weekend or not, what was nice about Star Wars Celebration is that it um, happened in London. So everything is so far ahead of us that I was able to get up early and turn on the YouTubes and watch most of Star Wars Celebration before most for the rest of the house got up. <laughs> and That's I still awesome. had stuff for my day. So I was like getting up at like 6 a.m., firing up the YouTube, grabbing a bowl of cereal, hunkering down on the couch and just enjoying Star Wars content <laughs> while I waited for people to wake up. So That's got, that's great. I got to watch the majority of it. So Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's awesome. I was going to say we uh... – my wife and I hosted Easter for our family this year. So uh, my weekend was filled with a lot of cleaning and uh, I tried my best to stay up to date with the uh, Star Wars trailers and announcements. But I'm glad that you like went in depth with it, Drew, because there's it, there, it's possible that there's some tidbits that I missed in there. But uh, yeah, great stuff. Well, <laughs> we have a ton of news to discuss, so we're going to have to get some some of its quick hits like. You know, we'll see how well some of it we can roll through pretty fast, to be completely honest. But we'll see right. how this plays out. Um, I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch anything or read anything in the midst of uh, 
Yeah, the two versus Star Wars celebration. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a couple things um, which I'll try to be quick about because I do know we have a ton of news. But um, I was actually uh, Drew at C two E two. You and your son bought some really awesome anime swords. Like you bought a replica Cloud Buster sword from Final yeah. Fantasy seven. Um, your son bought. Uh, I think it's Kirito and uh, Asuna's Kitty. swords. From well, no, it's it's Kitty. It's both the Kirito swords. It's the Elucidator. Oh, I gotcha. And it's it's the two swords that Kirito uses. It's the it's the Elucidator and the Dark Repulsor. Yeah, from Sword Art Online. Yeah. And uh, you you hung them on the wall, and you have a sweet display, and you sent it to uh, <laughs> our brother's text group where we share nerdy memes and stuff like that. And I was like so inspired by that picture, and I was like. I'm in the mood to watch some anime and uh, yeah. I almost started watching sword art online because <laughs> I feel I've, like tr- I I've tried almost it started. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've tried it once or twice and just couldn't get into it for whatever reason. And I was going to restart it. Cause I was like, I might as well actually watch this show like all the way through. And uh, it's on Hulu and I was almost about to watch it, but then Hulu has that little like, shows you must you might all also like section and uh i saw down there they had my hero Academ- academia yep. and i am a couple seasons behind <laughs> i was like i'm just in the mood to watch some more my hero so i started uh watching that again sure i guess that's part of that would be like we just went to c2e2 and there was like hundreds of my hero cosplayers all over the place but it really was this thing where it was like um it's just it's just diving into an old show and trying to catch up and refresh your memory. And uh, like I'm on season four right now. Um, there's six seasons out total. So I'm probably going to be watching that for a bit. But I'm kind of glad that I'm back in the mood of liking that show again, because sure. I kind of got burnt burnt out on it for a while. And I'm finally back to like, no, I want to watch this because it's just awesome superhero hijinks. And it's great. Um the other thing that I was able to watch, which I briefly mentioned on our uh, C2E2 episodes, was I finally got a chance to watch Shazam 2. Um, oh. I don't want to go super long with this um, review, but one of the things that Zachary Levi said in his panel at C2E2 was he thinks Shazam 2 is objectively a better movie than the first one. And uh you know, it's kind of unfortunate because pair that with the timing it was released and maybe other factors. And Shazam 2, as far as the box office goes, has not been necessarily uh, performing as well as the first one. But I honestly think he was right. I thought this movie was great. I think it was a lot of fun. I think I don't know, like, is it objectively better than the first one? I feel like it's right on par, like. It was pretty awesome. Um, I was, I, I was, was, I felt it was right on par too. Yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised with um, the daughters of Atlas as like the uh, villains for this movie. I was pleasantly surprised with how awesome they were as well because my one criticism for all the trailers leading into this is like, you know, I don't know if like a bunch of old ladies is gonna make the best. <laughs> it's gonna make the best villain <laughs> for this movie, but I think. Right. Uh, they were really awesome. Their story was really great. And uh, when it came to the end with all these sort of, uh, you know, mythological beasts that they uh, resurrected, that the uh, Shazam team had to fight off, I thought a lot of that stuff was 
just great. You know, I, I loved the uh, Minotaur action. I loved the chimeras and the uh, cyclopses and stuff. I do wish that there was a little bit more. Um, I wish they did a little bit more with the cyclopses just because those cyclopses are just you know some of my favorite <laughs> mythological right. creatures but overall it was awesome uh drew i know you gave a brief uh review of shazam before i didn't know if there's anything you were holding back on with that though since well, i haven't seen brought, it yet i'm glad you brought up the monsters because i wanted to mention those before um but i didn't want to yeah. say i didn't want to spoil it for you but i i really liked the monster stuff i loved the unicorn stuff um like, that was just really funny that they did the unicorns um, and how they handled the unicorns. Um, <laughs> right on. The, uh, I, Lucy Liu as the villain, like, I've always liked Lucy Liu as an actress in general. Yeah. I've always thought she was really good, but um, I really bought these villains. I really enjoyed both of them. Um, and just to see how it all played, it just, it was, I, I think I liked this one better than I liked the first one, but I do think it's on par with the first one so yeah 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 absolutely another thing i did notice is like i feel like billy batson isn't in this movie very much at all i feel like it was almost like almost every time that you saw like billy batson slash shazam on screen it was almost like the whole time was zachary levi as shazam like we didn't see a lot of his younger teenage form a lot on screen but i thought that was pretty fun too um it's kind of cool to see that that character has gone to embrace you know the superhero role as shazam kind of like a lot more than his human role in a lot of ways so that was pretty cool too so right Um, um what else do you watch yeah otherwise there was a a uh, pretty big movie that dropped this weekend uh, called Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I got a chance to check that out as well. Um, um, I I got to watch Mario as well. So. <laughs> right on. I don't know if you want to bury that lead. I don't know if there's anything you watch. No, it's all, watch. It's all good. I, I have one other small thing that you can mention. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about Mario. Um, I loved this movie. It was so much fun from beginning to end. Um, the uh, I, I think... Chris Pratt's voice with all the press nonsense that happened leading up to the release of the movie. I felt that Chris Pratt's voice was just fine. Yeah. When I compare Chris Pratt's voice to the uh, Mario voice that's in the games, the Mario voice you hear in the game is so minimal. Like he says, yeah, it's me, Mario. And he makes a couple laughs and giggles and sounds but Chris Pratt has a ton of dialogue. So yes. you need, no offense to the other actor, because we don't know, but you need an actor who can carry all that lengthy dialogue. Now, maybe they could have gotten a trained voice actor to play Mario and not a celebrity, but Chris Pratt's name sells because people know Chris Pratt. So there's a double-edged sword there on that one where you kind of got to weigh your options on how do we do this. But his voice didn't bother me at all. And with the sheer amount of dialogue Mario has to deal with, I thought it was just fine. Um, (laughs) Right. I I do think that the high pitched, like super high pitched Italian accent that we're used to from the games for Mario, I do think that could get a little grating uh, for 90 minutes straight. But it's one of those things where I don't want to give it away. But the film does a really clever thing to play homage to the original 
Mario voice. And then it does a really cool thing early on to play homage to that. And then it transitions into Chris Pratt's voice throughout the rest of the movie, which is kind of a slightly higher pitched Chris Pratt doing a sort of light New York slash Italian accent. And I think it works really well. I think it's really tasteful. I think it's really believable. Like two plumbers from New York, like I feel like they would have like that kind of a dialect. But also like as I was watching the movie, I remember halfway through thinking, I don't know that Chris Pratt's voice in this movie is really that far off from the original Mario voice in the video games. Like it is high pitched and it does have like, it does have that Italian flair to it. It's just like slightly less, but that's what I was thinking throughout the movie. I was like, it's not really that different. So I, I was really impressed with his voice and kind of oddly enough, the subtlety of his choices in that role, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, so they, uh, touched on and embraced and referenced and really, um, Played, paid an homage to every <laughs> facet of Mario Brothers that yes. could. Um, and it was really <laughs> great to see the representation. It was awesome. It really was. In my opinion, there is one hugely missed opportunity um, because I was waiting for it. And then it was something else. And I was like, all right, I'm OK, whatever. It's the scene where Luigi, you find out where Luigi, so Mario and Luigi, when they get to Mushroom, when they get to the Mario world, Right. Yeah. And they're separated. And Mario ends up in the Mushroom Kingdom and Luigi ends up somewhere else. When Luigi real he's in like the Deadlands or whatever. I think that's what they called it. Is that what they called it? The Darklands. Right. Uh, he sees a dry bones. OK, that's the skeleton turtle. And he has this encounter with the dry bones. And then suddenly there's this like whole horde of dry bones like chasing him. Yeah. And I'm expecting him he runs into the castle in my in that that like broken down castle in my personal opinion missed opportunity he should have ran into luigi's mansion just saying um i think <laughs> I, I think if it was luigi's mansion from the game luigi's mansion it would have been uh just another it just would have been a slight nod to uh that corner of the mario universe but they just represented all over the place it was fantastic so um, at, the, at that part of the movie, they did make sure to give him a uh, backpack of some yeah. sorts, as well as yep. the flashlight. flashlight. Um, yeah, I know. And it That's was a I very was. clear reference to it. But I, I do know what you mean. Like, I was expecting him actually to go into Luigi's mansion. But uh, the dry bones part of that movie was one of my favorite parts, because you have Luigi in this dark, dismal, creepy forest, and uh, he gets approached by, by a dry bones, and they play it up like it's this really horrific thing, but you know, these are Mario characters and like as scary as dry bones can be, they're still really cute, but they still play it up with so much uh, seriousness and earnesty that I really loved it. But then um, when Luigi defeats that dry bones, seeing uh, the bones scatter and then kind of like a magnet, they come back together and he comes back and just like a smile went on my face. Cause I was like, well, that's how it works in the game. And that was so beautifully shot. And then you have like this mini like 
zombie-esque sequence of other dry bones popping out of the ground and chasing him. And this movie, like you said, Drew, there are so many Easter eggs and there are so many bits of homage to if you grew up, if you're an old school gamer, if you played like the NES or the Super NES, or if you're like somebody who's played Mario all through the years and is like really current on the lore, I feel like everybody who's played at least one Mario game could get so many Easter eggs and so many jokes in this movie. It was just amazing. Uh, one of my favorite parts was when uh, there's a part towards the beginning where Bowser is kind of giving a speech, like addressing his whole army, kind of saying like what they're going to do, like how he's going to try to get Princess Peach to marry him. And if she refuses, then he's going to destroy the Mushroom Kingdom. And he has this line where he's like, uh, you know, addressing the members of his armies. And he's like, like the Goombas and the Koopas. And whatever those guys are, <laughs> it's like right. those little creatures that like spike are really thing. close to the ground. Yeah, the spike with the spikes on their shells. And it just made me crack up because it just reminded me of playing uh, Mario with like my brothers and cousins. And I feel like that is such a thing like, oh, those guys are Goombas and those are Koopas. And then you ask like, well, what are those guys? Oh, I don't know what those guys are called. <laughs> like It was so <laughs> true and it was so amazing. So right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, just the representation, the Mario Kart stuff was great. Rainbow Road was great. Yes. Um, the, how they handled the power-ups, um, that was awesome. Um, you can't get Jack Black in a movie without singing a song. Um, I'm pretty sure Peaches, Peaches, Peaches will be an Oscar contender, just saying. Um, (laughs) but we'll see. I just, I have a feeling like you're getting you're getting at least two more Mario movies out of this. So hell yeah, we are the MCU is here and it's uh, here to stay for the time being. So that's really awesome. Yeah. The, um, the Mario cinematic universe, to be completely honest, just saying, I believe this is how it goes. Okay. Listen to this. This is just my thought. You do the Mario movie, you do <laughs> Zelda, then you do Metroid, you do Star Fox, you do Kirby, then you do Donkey Kong, and then you do Super Smash Brothers and Avenger the whole thing. <laughs> Hell yeah, that'll be awesome. That's, that's just my opinion. But <laughs> And then we get the Fast and Furious-esque Mario Kart movie. Um, yeah. No, I, I just thought this was great. Um, oh, the, the one last thing I was going to say, because I feel like we've been going on and on. But the one thing is, like, this isn't the greatest movie ever. Like, it's not going to win any or it could win Best Animated Picture. It I, would, I don't want to speak to the Best soon. Animated thing. Like, you know, we don't know what Disney is going to be pumping out. But yeah. right now, I'm pretty sure this is the best animated movie <laughs> of the year. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say is it's not the greatest movie of all time, but it is a really fun, awesome, just like family event sort of movie you can go to. And the reason I know it's so good is because after watching the movie, I was really thinking about it. And like Drew, we love to pick movies apart. We love to watch a movie and say like, well, I loved how they did this, but if they did this and that, they could have made it better. And this movie, I honestly don't know any way that I could approach making a Mario movie that would be better than what they gave us, if that makes sense. Right. Like I, I don't know any way I could improve upon it, and that's how I know it's good, if that makes sense. So, right. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Absolutely. Um, I will give a real quick review, and then we're going to jump into a mountain of news. Um, the other thing <laughs> that I, the other thing that I watched is uh, the Tetris movie. 
Uh, oh, awesome. Um, it is fantastic. Nice. Um, That's great. It is, it is literally about how Nintendo acquired the publishing rights for Tetris and the government conspiracy and KGB conspiracy and all that stuff that went down in Russia and how it was tied up in crazy litigation and they had to like kind of risk their lives to go over to Russia to get the rights and all that stuff. <laughs> like it is yeah. It's also during the Cold War and stuff and like Gorbachev and like all this stuff going on and it's like it's it's crazy. It was but it it was a ton of fun. So if you get a chance to watch Tetris, watch it. It's great. Uh Taron Edgerton was awesome in the movie. Um, he's like the only real named actor that I recognized. Um, so yeah, it, it, it is worth the watch. Check it out if you get a chance to. So where is that? That's streaming, right? It's streaming, but it's on Apple. Okay. I got to check Apple. this out ASAP. Cause like, I love, I mean, Drew, I know we both really love Tetris. Um, for me, like it's a weird coming of age thing where I remember there was like, a year, year or two in high school where I spent so much, so much time after school every day, just sitting in my room, listening to like alternative radio and playing Tetris on our family's old computer. And, uh, it's kind of funny looking back at that. And, uh, with what you just said about the movie, like if Nintendo didn't go through, all the crazy hoops to get the rights to Tetris. If they didn't go through the crazy life risking political nonsense, I might not have been able to get so many hours of enjoyment out of this game. And it's kind of crazy <laughs> to think about it in that way. So awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you can watch Tetris, check it out. All right. We are going to jump over to news because there's a ton. Ready? Yes. All right, news time. So some of these are quick hits, and I'll try and knock out the quick hits that I can. So first off, we're going to talk Game of Thrones for a second. House of the Dragon Season 2 will be two episodes shorter than Season 1. This bummed me out a little bit, but there's also the argument of quality over quantity. So maybe they're going to be longer episodes. I don't know. Um, That's (laughs) on, yeah, so... There could be an argument that the first season could have been edited down a, an episode or two at the same time. So I'm cool with this. I think where they left us off, I think we're just in a place where we've got to trust the studio and we've got to yeah. trust the powers that be over there in Game of Thrones land that they know what they're doing because they gave us such a good first season. I'm just ready for more. It sucks that it's going to be two episodes shorter, but... I'm just glad for more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oops, I closed the window. Um, okay. Um, director James Mangold, who directed Logan and the new Indiana Jones movie, even though it's been kind of, it feels like a little lobbying thing on Twitter and people saying he should do this, he should do that. It is official that he will be directing the Swamp Thing movie for DC in the James Gunn uh, universe. Um, so that's awesome. I think James Mangold is a really good director. So him handling Swamp Thing just sounds like perfect, right? Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, okay. Um, Shrek 5 is happening. Nice. That's it, I guess. Um, <laughs> and, there's, and Donkey is going to be getting a solo film. So <laughs> That's amazing. Um my Sweet. son went through a huge Shrek phase um, recently, okay. and uh, I feel like be, because of how many times I've watched Shrek just over and over again, I've kind of turned around on the movie where I'm kind of a bit of a, 
a bit of a fan of what they've been doing in the Shrek universe, especially with how good uh, Puss in Boots The Last Wish was. So I just think it's funny, Drew. I would not be surprised if I watch both of these films. And uh, I guess I'm becoming the podcast resident Shrek fanboy over here. So there you go. Um, One of the worst uh, video game franchises is getting a... uh, Another movie reboot, and that'll be Street Fighter. Um, you don't like Street Fighter at all? Well, when you look at the fighting games, I've always been more Mortal Kombat than Street Fighter. Right. That has nothing to do with the movies. I just will say that the Street Fighter movie that we did get was definitely a lack for wanting, in my opinion, in comparison to the Mortal Kombat movies we did get around the same time. <laughs> So when the Street Fighter our- movie was very heavy on dialogue and not a lot of fighting as opposed to <laughs> right. the Mortal Kombat movie where they have a fight like almost every five minutes. Somebody else is fighting yep. each other. So I hear they, <laughs> they went in to make a fighting game movie. And, <laughs> you know. yeah, so, yeah, Street Fighter is getting another movie. So we'll see, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm excited for it. That's that's pretty cool. Um, in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the realm of things, Joe Manganiello, who is doing the Dungeons and Dragons documentary, um, is working with um, Wizards of the Coast to uh, make a television series adaptation of the Dragonlance novels. Um, if you listen to Joe Manganiello talk in any interview about Dungeons and Dragons, his favorite thing growing up as a kid was the Dragonlance books. Um, and he's been a big fan of them and he's been advocating for more Dragonlance and more Dragonlance. Um, if you play D and D, they just released a Dragonlance, um, published adventure, um, that came out, uh, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. Um, I haven't read through it yet. I haven't fully absorbed it, but, um, I did pick it up. It looks great in terms of an adventure. Um, but he's going to be doing the live action series. So awesome. And in a world of fantasy where we have Lord of the Rings TV now, and we have game of Thrones, um, if done right, uh, this could be more in the realm of game of Thrones, level of dark and dragons and all that stuff. Like if you think game of Thrones has a lot of dragons, Dragonlance will like triple that. Like it'll like put almost put it to shame the amount of dragons you're gonna end up seeing. So um could be cool. Um nice. all right. Um Moana will be the next Disney movie to get a live action reboot. Yeah. Uh, and The Rock's coming back. <laughs> now, I really like Moana, and yeah. I technically have no problem with this. However, um I think it's a little too soon to do live action Moana because I feel like the movie came out yesterday. <laughs> I know it's been a couple of years. It just feels like the movie came out yesterday. So, um, like, Hey, here's the animated film and we have a live action one on the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm tentatively not too excited about this one, but, uh, I don't know. I'm as far as Disney live action reboots go, I'm almost, Besides Pete's Dragon, I almost always prefer the original movie. So that's kind of where I'm at with this one. But we'll see. I mean, they could wow us. I'm not going to I'm still going to have an open mind about it. So, well, in the realm of Disney, one thing I am excited for coming to Disney Plus on May 10th. And we all know I'm a big Muppet fan, um, a television series called The Muppets Mayhem. And if you know where I'm going, yes, This is a television series based on the band from The Muppet Show, Electric Mayhem. So, um, absolutely. That could be awesome. I'm down. (laughs) That just sounds great. 
Absolutely. Um, <laughs> all right. I know Star Wars Celebration happened, and you're like, get to the Star Wars news. We're getting there. Um, Peacemaker Season 2 will only release after July 2025, which is um, when Superman Legacy releases. So they're, it sounds like they're trying to tie some storylines together. So yes, Peacemaker season two is still coming, but it'll take, pl- it'll not, you're not, we're not, we have to wait some time to get it. It's been a little while. It's like when season two coming, we're going to have to wait until Superman <laughs> legacy releases. So that is a long gap, but uh, it gives me time to catch up on season one. <laughs> so <laughs> sure. that's one way to look at it. <laughs> um, There is a Harry Potter TV series and yes. talks at HBO. Um, this sounds like a no-brainer, and it kind of surprises me that they haven't done this yet. Um, and with HBO behind it, I think there could be some really, really cool things because not that we're going for, like, Last of Us level or Game of Thrones level Harry Potter, but we are looking at the fact that HBO has this level of quality about their shows that they produce. So yes, it could be really cool. Um, there is a rumor that this is a machine to kind of get Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson to come back. Um, And if that's the case, um, not that that's a bad thing, but you remember this is that thing where we talked about, we've talked about in the past with uh, the comparison to Star Wars, where when Force Awakens released, everyone like was super, super excited because the original cast was coming back. And I remember explaining it to someone who didn't understand why all the star Wars hoopla was going on. And I compared it to Harry Potter going, are you a Harry Potter fan? And they were like, yes. And I go, imagine, imagine 30 years from now, they decide to make another movie and Daniel Radcliffe comes back and they were like, Oh, I get it. And I'm like, yes. So I don't know if we're, are we far enough away for this to make the impact? I think they hope it makes. We'll see. I still have, I still think HBO will put out a quality show. Um, but I don't know if it's like, hey, we're definitely bringing back Dana Radcliffe. That's like the rumor. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know about that whole like secret plot to bring back the original cast members or whatever. But I just heard about this and I thought it was cool because it's something I thought of a long time ago because I always wondered, like, would they ever reboot the Harry Potter movies? And it's one of those things where, like, if you want to reboot this series and do it properly, just do it as a TV show. And the fact that HBO can do it, I think is really good news because it's like, yes, like it's not going to be game of Thrones level as far as like explicitness, but you have to think about game of Thrones level as far as like detail in the storytelling. And if HBO is doing a full series where from what I heard, it was basically, they're going to do, every season is going to be one of the books in the Harry Potter series. So that's where you don't have to cut out different characters, you know, like Peeves, the poltergeist is going to be in the (laughs) show. You don't have to cut out certain events. You can just dwell on each part as long as is necessary and just give us some really cool storytelling. And this is something that I did think in my head, like a long time ago, like, It'd be sweet if they did a Harry Potter series where every season was its own, was one of the books of the series. And I think that's awesome. But if they are able to bring back Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Emma Watson, um, Rupert, I can't remember his name, but the actor who played Ron, if they can bring all those actors back for like a future movie or something like 
they have the cursed child play. They have Harry Potter and the cursed child like that screen. That play could make an awesome movie. So I think that could be the next thing they bring back if this series they're working on is a success. So really cool stuff, though. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. And last piece of non Star Wars news. Uh, Stranger Things animated series is coming to Netflix. Um, Netflix announced a straight-to-series order for an, uh, an untitled animated series set with the Stranger Things universe. Uh, it, the Duffer Brothers say it would be in the vein of a Saturday morning cartoons like He-Man, yeah. Master of the Universe, Gem, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, and others. Um, this sounds cool. Um, I guess we're going yeah. to have to see how the show kind of comes to a rest because, um, I feel like in the vein of Saturday morning cartoons, all the stuff with the lab, the Hawkins lab is kind of boring for a cartoon. <laughs> and then you think so though? Said, no, I just, it's not for me. Like, cause I'm an adult. I just think of Saturday morning cartoons when I was a kid and the downtime was always the boring part of the cartoon. And you were like, get to the action, <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> you know, and when you're trying to pay homage to the eighties and do something like that, it's gotta be a little more action packed. So let's fight some demogorgons and go, <laughs> Explore the upside down and all this stuff, you know. Fair uh, enough. I just I just go back to the '90s Spider-Man animated series and think like, how much time in that series did we spend in the Oscorp labs? Like, we spent a lot of time in those labs right. where you'd have, uh, you know, Green Goblin and Wilson Fisk and uh, Morbius and different characters making appearances. And I feel like you could do a lot of fun stuff with, uh, you know, these Hawkins Lab. Uh, scientists you know pulling different monsters and stuff out of the upside down for the kids to fight off every week and uh no this sounds awesome the one thing netflix does good like as much flack as netflix gets for different things i feel like they've got a pretty solid track record with animation um so i okay. think this could be a pretty cool you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah agreed so we'll see uh we'll see how that plays out all right, ready for the Star Wars news? Because there's a ton of it. Like I said, I got to watch um, the majority of Star Wars Celebration. I missed day four because I had to go back to work. And I missed part of day one. But I got to watch pretty much all of day two and I'm all, pretty much all of day three. Um, nice. There was a ton of announcements. So let's talk about some fast ones real quick that we can just kind of skate over. And when I say skate over, it's not like they're not – it's not like it's not information. It's that – the most information you need is the headline that I'm about to read. For example, Bad Batch will return for a third and final season. Okay, cool. I'm totally down with that because I just, I like Bad Batch. Um, I haven't finished season two yet, obviously, but um, we're getting one more season. Great. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. like, there's not much to say about it other than we're getting a third season. Um, there is... Uh, Tales of the Jedi. Did you watch that series? I still haven't watched it. Sure. Okay. That one. They're great. Um, they will be getting a season two, um, a, a second season for Tales of the Jedi. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Totally down for some of those because they were so good. Um, if you haven't, if you haven't looked yet, Star Wars Visions, the second season of Star Wars Visions will be dropping soon on Disney Plus. The trailer for Star Wars Visions is out now and it looks great. It just looks awesome. Like, I loved the first Star Wars Visions. This looks amazing. 
Yeah, um, I loved the variety in the in this uh, trailer too. Like, it looks like there's like almost like a Wallace and Gromit like <laughs> like stop motion short that's going to be in there. And uh, yeah, yeah, that, this one looked really fun. So yeah, all right. Um, Star Wars Andor season two will be arriving August of 2024. So we're about a little over a year away from Andor season two, and that'll be the final season for Andor. So. Um, I do wonder if it'll be a little bit lengthy um, of a season. And I only say that because uh, I only bring that up because um, it's the final season and they originally wanted five seasons out of the show. So Ooh, we'll, see okay. what, we'll see what happens. But Diego Luna said he was only doing the two seasons. So they yeah. kind of have to <laughs> do something with that. Um, okay. The Acolyte which is the Sith Empire television series for Disney+. Plus. It's moving forward. Um, it will be coming to Disney Plus in 2024. Um, they released a trailer or a sizzle reel or some kind of a clip for people who went to the convention only. So mm. exclusive to the convention. So I didn't get to see it. But if you watch the YouTubes, the day it got dropped, somebody leaked it on their phone. <laughs> Um, so it is a, they held their phone up and kind of snuck it under their arm or something and recorded what they could. So the phone is like tilted a little bit, but you got to see a good chunk of the screen. Um, you got to watch about a minute of the footage and then their phone turns away real quick. Like they were about to get caught. Nice. Um, the footage they showed was not enough to really tell you anything, but the imagery looked great. <laughs> um, I did watch the clip they released and it, it wasn't enough for me to go ooh I know what I'm looking at um, because it does take place before episode one it deals with the Sith and the Jedi Order and stuff like that yeah. for the events that we all know um, so the Acolyte from what I could tell looks cool I was excited for it to begin with uh, that's awesome yeah, the other show <laughs> that they showed a clip of which will be coming to uh, Disney Plus this year uh, with um, Jude Law is uh, the Skeleton Crew. So Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, The Ahsoka Show, and Skeleton Crew are all part of the same timeline. And I say that it's all one big timeline, right, with the movies and everything, but the Mandalorian era, the space between Return of the mm -hmm. Jedi and Force Awakens are these, like, four shows. Um, Skeleton Crew is the fourth part of that puzzle, and that show will be coming. That's another one that they released some footage of for convention goers only. Um, again, got leaked just like the Acolyte thing did. And again, the phone got turned away. So it probably was the same guy leaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, even though I wasn't sure what I was looking at, it looked cool. And that's all I can say about that. So. <laughs> um, hilarious. Yes. Um, the Acolyte, oh, I missed, I should have mentioned this when we were talking about the Acolyte. Um, they described the Acolyte, uh, showrunner, uh, Leslie Headland, uh, took to the stage stars celebration studios to discuss the upcoming series, um, citing some unpredictable inspiration. Star Wars, the Acolyte is kind of like frozen meets kill bill. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know what that means, but hey, cool. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's talk about the big shocking news. We got three movies announced. Right. Three movies. So we will start with. We'll come back. OK. 
I'm going to do these in the order that I found the coolest. Okay. New Star Wars film directed by James Mangold. Hey, Logan director, Indiana Jones 5 director, now Swamp Thing director. He'll be directing a movie uh, that will be set 25,000 years before the current timeline and will dive into the tale of the very first ever Jedi. Um, this sounds cool, but my brain is having a hard time grasping what that means. And I only say that because... I'm trying to, I guess, extrapolate. We know where episode one began, and we know that there had been like a thousand years of Jedi lineage prior to thousands of years of Jedi mm-hmm. lineage prior to episode one, because we pick up Jedi episode one when the Jedi are like in their prime. So we're going to go back 25,000 years when there are no characters we know. We don't know the state of the galaxy. There's no Empire, there's no Separatists, there's no droids, there's no clones, there's nothing we are know of except for, like, we know we're going into the first Jedi. So, I think it sounds cool to learn where the first Jedi came from, but it also makes me wonder, like, how archaic could this end up being? Right on, yeah, that's a good Is this going to be, like, medieval times and one dude with a laser sword? Like, I don't, <laughs> my brain can't, my, I'm trying to figure out what that means. So, um, I, I wonder if 25,000 years is too far back, but we'll see. I'm down. I More Star Wars is, you know, my thing. I'm just trying to, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm just, just trying to verbalize how, my thoughts on this, so. I'm just wondering how much of a snippet is this going to be? Like, is this going to be something where we're just going to get a snapshot of what the first Jedi was and that's going to be it? Or is this going to be something that's like deeply with a lot of just like, like the movie's going to have a huge, like deep philosophical underbelly and it's going to be something we're going to theorize about for years. Like that's what I'm hoping for. But I feel like you have the director of Logan, for example, and focusing on like this lone first Jedi character. I feel like there's some really interesting stuff that that guy can do there so it sounds cool on paper but i think we just don't know enough at this point to really comment on it yeah um all right the next movie coming out uh star wars film helmed by dave filoni is in the slate dave filoni (laughs) who studied at the feet of george lucas during the making of the clone wars he has been a pivotal role in creating the Mandalorian and then the Ahsoka series and then Skeleton Crew and like everything going forward since since the acquisition of Disney. Aside from the sequel trilogy, anything that else has been going on, Clone Wars, Bad Batch, uh, Tales of the Jedi, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, all this stuff has all been like practically spearheaded by Dave Filoni. And he's finally getting his first feature film. Um this is going to cover the New Republic versus the Imperial Remnant era and will supposedly be the grand finale to the Mando era stories. So Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, they're all going to come to a head. And this film yeah. will be the final, will be the finale to all of the shows kind of piecing themselves together. <laughs> when this was announced, my reaction was like, oh, this is the thing that Drew's been mentioning for weeks on our show. Yep. <laughs> Like, I, I but, have. The, but we, we finally have the confirmation that Dave Filoni is going to 
be at the helm of this, um, you know, Arrowverse crisis level event of all the uh, Disney Plus Star Wars shows. Yeah. And I don't mean to dumb it down by saying that this is an awesome announcement and this should be a really cool event of a film. Uh, what were you saying, though? No, we've been I, I mentioned I mean, this has been this has been a rumor. It's been speculated. It's been you know discussed a little bit. But at the same time, you're just like, where are we going with this? What's happening? And mm-hmm. here we are, you know. Um, all right. Here is, in my opinion, the shocking one. It's not really that shocking. I just surprised we're getting it when we are, because this is the same thing with the Harry Potter. Have we been far enough removed from it for this to be a thing? Ray Skywalker will be returning in a new movie. Right. Daisy Ridley is back, set 15 years after the events of Rise of the Skywalker. Um, I think this is awesome. I think it's cool. I liked Ray a lot. Bring her back. Um, I'm just a little surprised we're getting it as soon as we are. I figured we would have gone and tell some other stuff and then, you know, hey, Ray, are you interested in coming back? <laughs> you know, um, what I find interesting is we don't know where we're going. There is no Empire. There is no uh, First Order. What's what's the conflict? So we're going to have to see yeah. what they drum up in the story. And it's not like and it's a territory that makes us speculative and it's a territory that makes us really in a sense of wonder because we don't know what could come next. You know, and Good maybe call. that's yeah. and maybe that's why the first Jedi ever is a weird story for me in my head, because I don't as a Star Wars fan, as a lifelong Star Wars fan, I'm kind of in the dark and I don't understand what the plan is. <laughs> you know, you can't say, True. hey, we're going we're gonna to do the prequels. Oh, cool. You're going to tell us how Anakin became Darth Vader. Like we all walked into those movies with that mindset um you know so it's it's just the time in our lives where we're like what's going to happen next so yeah yeah i, I um, would agree with that i think it is cool to be at a place where you don't know what's going to happen next um it kind of takes us back to when uh the force awakens first came out and you know the sequel trilogy we didn't really know what was going to happen next and whether people liked or didn't like the way that that stuff played out, like with star Wars, it is cool to be in that place where you just don't know. And I think that's cool. So sure. Um, there was no discussion about the Taika Waititi films. However, during an interview, um, Kathleen Kennedy did say that the Taika Waititi star Wars film is still in the scripting process. All right. So apparently the movie's still moving forward. Uh, She also said that the Ryan Johnson trilogy that was originally supposed to happen a long, long time ago is currently not in active development because he is so busy. So we may never see those movies. I don't know what the plan is, but I do know there was a lot of Star Wars movies announced and a lot of them got taken away. And here we are at Celebration announcing three more movies. We're most likely getting the Dave Filoni one. That one's definitely happening. The Ray one is definitely probably happening. If one gets taken away, it'd probably be the uh, first Jedi. <laughs> but I just, yeah. because of what happened with the other Star Wars announcements, I just don't know what to say. You know what I mean? So we 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 live in a weird era of um, like social media clout is such a big deal, and I feel like sometimes the announcements for movies like are bigger headlines than the actual movies themselves. And uh, it is weird that uh, certain movies that they announced, you know, a couple of years ago, we don't even know if they're going to happen at this point. And 
it does it does make you weary about what's going to happen moving forward. But like you said, I do think the three movies they announced are for sure going to be made. So we'll just have to wait and see. But it is a weird a weird state of entertainment we're in um, in that aspect. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, the other piece of Star Wars news we haven't talked about yet is they released the trailer for Ahsoka. Yeah. And that was not just to um, that was not just to the convention. That was directly to everybody. Mm-hmm. And wow, does Ahsoka look good? Yeah, like it looks fantastic. Um, that show looks so amazingly done. Um, there were some things in there that made me really excited as a longtime Star Wars fan. First off, we got to see Thrawn. Yeah, it was the back of his head, but we got to see Thrawn. <laughs> Um, and then when she said there's been rumors of Thrawn's return, and then she said as heir to the Empire, which if you remember your Star Wars history, um, heir to the Empire is the first of a three book cycle that appeared during what the fans like to call the dark times in the 90s uh, when we had no Star Wars. And this was the first Star Wars back. And it was it's one of the most beloved three book cycles in the Star Wars mythos. Um, and if Dave Filoni's behind this show. We know his love for those old books, and um, it just makes me realize that they might have been very slowly piecing together an heir to the Empire shoehorn story with all these other stories with the Mandoverse and everything rolled into one. You know, like, hey, we're building towards heir to the Empire. Let's do it. So um, this could be really, really cool. could be very exciting. I just that trailer was great. Um, so yeah. Uh, And besides like all the awesome story, um, speculation that you just put out there, like the Ahsoka trailer just looks like it's going to have a lot of badass Jedi action and stuff. So I feel like everybody just needs to check it out from that regard too. And I don't mean to dumb down what you're saying, but you know, some of our fans might not have, uh, read like heir to the empire and stuff, but I think that, uh, I do think this trailer was really badass and it's really exciting, especially for people who are craving more of those sort of badass Jedi lightsaber battles that you don't get a lot of in uh, the Mandalorian, for example. So, uh, yeah, awesome stuff all around. So that's it for Star Wars. Um, I uh, this has put me in a heavy, heavy Star Wars mood lately. And I've been like, do I start Star Wars from the very, very, very beginning and see if I can take every piece of content that's out and make a massive, like, super spreadsheet what to watch and what order? <laughs> like, like you watch this episode of Tales of the Jedi first, and then you watch this episode, and then you watch episode one, and then you watch this episode of Tales of the Jedi. Oh, that's you crazy. You watch episode two, and then you have to watch this episode of Clone Wars before the Clone Wars film. Then you watch the Clone Wars film. Then you watch, like... And I, think, awesome. and I think I might do it. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure yet. Um, <laughs> the final piece you need to figure out where you need to work fanboys into that. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right. The final piece of news has me a little worried. Um, there is a Doom live action series in the works. First off, that part doesn't have me worried because I yeah. think. I think this would be awesome if handled correctly because I just like I finished Doom Eternal and it was the game was amazing. And with The Last of Us being as good as it was, if you do it right, it could be amazing. However, this show is going to be on Peacock. And no offense to Peacock, 
but Peacock was also the original home of Halo before it got moved around all over the place. And in the end of the day, Halo ended up on Paramount Plus, and we all know what a piece of garbage that show is. So, um, in the in a post Last of Us world, Doom should be on a Showtime or on an HBO where there are no rules, and you can be hyper violent and hyper gory, and let it be what it is. And that is my two cents on that. So, Peacock, if you're listening, and I know you are, um, take this seriously, please. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just one of those things. Um, I don't know. Like we just saw one of my favorite parts, not to bring back Mario discussion, but one of my absolute favorite parts of the Mario, the Super Mario Brothers movie that just came out is how faithful they were to the games. Like they didn't rewrite the book. They didn't go and change a bunch of stuff. They were just faithful to the games. And I feel like Doom has such a cool mythos behind it it has such a cool setting it has such cool character designs just stick to the game like stick to the the mythos that is already there don't go and change everything and i feel like you're gonna have an awesome awesome tv series that uh you know that focuses on the doom story but i also like i don't know peacock's rules like how explicit they can go like how much violence and gore they can have but i agree with you drew like doom is a uh, franchise that needs to be on a streaming service that allows for some really mature imagery and i hope they're able to pull that off as well so i guess we'll just see how that goes (laughs) yep (laughs) yep is really all i can say to be honest um anyway um enough of this Do you want to talk about tonight's list? Yeah, let's go for it. Awesome. All right, everybody. uh, It is list time, so let's roll the thing. And now for the top five. All right, Peter. uh, This was your list. Um, I feel like we're going to match a ton. Uh, <laughs> that's true but, that's possible but um why don't you explain what we're doing tonight this is a really simple list that we just never did and it's one of those lists that could have been in like with it could have been within our first tap up 10 episodes but we just never did this one and i thought it would be fun to do especially since we just went to c2e2 we just went to a comic convention um uh, i'm kind of in that sort of superhero mood and stuff and i just thought it would be fun to talk about our top five favorite just superpowers and this is one of those things where like do you want to approach this in a way of like your favorite powers that other characters have you know like maybe your favorite character is deadpool and you just like his healing and regeneration abilities and that's why it's your favorite power but maybe your favorite powers are just stuff that you wish you had and i feel like there's different ways you can look at this list but i think it's a fun conversation and uh there's a lot of hypotheticals you can go into and a lot of potential uh references to bits of pop culture and uh i just think this would be a fun one to go through you know yeah i i agree and i had i feel like i put it together really fast because it's like well what do i base my prowess on and i fired off some stuff and i'm like yep (laughs) there's my list (laughs) Um, what's interesting though, is that the, 
if you could pick any superpower in a world question, but you're allowing me to pick five, right? Yeah. And when you put it together, you're like, well, that's, I guess, my superhero. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, that, that's my superhero, I guess. Um, so I didn't, I don't know if I found it difficult, but like, I realized I'm like, well, that's got to be on the list. That's got to be on, you know, like, it was that's weird. another that's another way you could approach the list, too, though. You could be like, these are the five care. These are the five five powers that the perfect fictional or the, the perfect hypothetical superhero could have. Right. And you could build it as like your argument towards like this is a character who would be unstoppable because of these powers. So that's another way you could approach it. So that's kind of interesting. Um. Well, I. I was also thinking not of, saying that you did approach it that way, but that's right. just well, that you got my it, wheels turning a bit when there. <laughs> when you roll through the Rolodex of X-Men characters, because they all ultimately most of them have they all have at least one power. Some have only one. Some have multiples. Yeah. But like, I don't want Jubilee's powers. That's just dumb. And <laughs> Rogue's powers seem like more of a burden than anything else. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, there's. It's it's kind of interesting how you piece that together. So, um, that being said, um, I guess I got to go first, don't I? Well, I don't have any honorable mentions. Oh, so that's that's surprising. I yeah. have two, so right. I guess I have to go first. You have to go first. <laughs> I'm really surprised you don't have honorable mentions on this list, but uh, mine yeah. can go. Mine can go pretty quick. They're both pretty vague. Um, my first. First one's kind of a cheat because it's too all-encompassing, but I went with controlling time. <laughs> but the reason I think it's a cheat is because I feel like there are characters with time travel powers, but usually there's sure. limits to them. And I just think all time travel powers are so cool. And if you had like any way to control time, I think you could just use it so much for your benefit. You know, it's one of those things like, I just got in a car accident. Well, I'll rewind time 15 seconds and avoid that. And I feel like there's so many good ways to take advantage of that kind of power. Um, it's always captured my imagination. So that's my first one. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one, Drew, or if I should just move into my next honorable um, option. The time travel thing I thought about, to be completely honest, a yeah. little bit, and I was like, Time travel is weird because if you could control time, that would put you into the paradox realm of knowing that you shouldn't be controlling time. So as cool as it would be, you'd basically be constantly creating this massive multiverse of alternate timelines because of how you're changing the past if we're playing by those rules. And then you ended up you then eventually something would happen and you're like, well, I guess I can never use my superpower again. True. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's that's yeah. the only reason. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to pull out trolling time. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, that or yeah. I guess you could just go on the evil route with it. But I totally see what you're saying. So, um, yeah, that that is a good thing to think about with that one. Uh, my other one is kind of a joke, but uh, I went with shooting balls or rays of energy out of your hands. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and this goes back to growing up and uh, thinking like Dragon Ball Z was cool and uh, liking Street Fighter, like Ryu with, uh, and, you know, like all the different video game and anime characters and even superheroes, like, you know, you have Starfire and stuff who shoots like rays of energy out of her hands. And it's always like 
those comic book images of a character just looking badass and mean and about to go into a fight. And he's got his hands at his sides, like charging up, ready to shoot that energy out of their hands. Like, that's what I think is awesome. Uh, I remember growing up and uh, drawing a ton of like comic book esque uh, drawings in my free time and stuff. And like the characters I would make up, like if you made up a generic character, like it was always fun to have like that ball of energy in their hand ready to shoot out. I don't know why it was just something it's just one of those like all encompassing like. You see it in video games, you see it in anime, you see it in comic books. It always looks cool. So it's really the coolness factor that made me pick this one. But it's just something I always thought looked cool when you see it on the comic book page. And that's really why I went with it for an honorable mention in this case. Sure. All right. Well, I guess I got to <laughs> I guess I got to go first. I got it. It's my turn now. I got to go first. So um, my first actual pick of the night, and I feel like it's kind of a gimme power because it's the one when you if you go into a crowd of people and you say, what superpower would you want? Everyone I feel like everybody has the exact same answer, and that's flight like everybody wants to fly. Um, So, yeah, I I feel like it's a little bit of a gimme answer. Um, so I'm always the one guy in the crowd that doesn't say flight, but the reason I'm talking about it first is of course I want to fly. Yes. But I just feel like it's the one everybody will say first. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's one of the most popular ones. Um, I'm a huge Superman fan, so I'm like obviously a fan of super flight, but, uh, it actually didn't make my list because I feel like there's other powers that kind of, you can kind of do almost the same thing in a way but uh so that's i'll get to that later but uh definitely a good pick and you're right this is one of the most popular ones and how fun would it be to just be able to fly around you know that'd just be so cool so yeah yeah all right so if it didn't make your list and it didn't match what do you got next (laughs) so uh my next one i went with is uh invisibility um so that's the first actual pick on my list and this one i don't have like a lot of specific reasons or even like fictional character examples like i mean obviously we know about like sue storm and we know about the invisible man and stuff but for me i just think it would be cool to uh be invisible i feel like part of me like thinks like man you could get into any concert or any sports game or you know you could get anywhere you want just by turning invisible and sneaking in and uh i don't know it's just something there's so many ways you would use this to your advantage you could i mean you could use it for evil and walk into any bank vault but you could just use it for fun so i don't know if you have any thoughts on the movie i mean when you think about the movie hollow man and some of the things that he did because he had the ability (laughs) to be invisible like that's kind of creepy when you think about it no (laughs) that's true that's true and i'm not trying to be creepy with picking that i just always thought it would be a interesting uh power to have i guess so it makes it is um invisibility is actually a really cool power in a general sense um you think about it um I, I think about it sometimes i read a really really cool article um it was like things that um there was a dungeon and dragons thing on a forum and they were writing it was basically a list of like don't let your party have this because as a dm as a dungeon master it'll make your life really difficult and yeah. one of them was invisibility makes sense and i've never really tried to put that like it, it 
the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, don't let the players have invisibility. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't let my players have the invisibility if they're listening to this episode, but <laughs> but it is it is a tricky thing to deal with because where you want characters to have like you want encounters to happen and you don't want them to avoid fights and stuff like that. Like if they're avoiding fights, that's fine. But combat and stuff is a integral part of the game. So um, like my players avoided um, a very large combat um, one a previous session because they used the spell pass without a trace and their stealth skills were so high that they all rolled high enough to avoid the confrontation. Nice. And part of me was a little bummed because it was a really fun encounter I had planned for him. But you know what? <laughs> That's kind of part of how it works. You know? Yeah. You're so, like, that was one third of uh, what I had planned for you guys today that you just skipped through. But uh, yeah, right. No, that's pretty fun. Uh, no, but invisibility is a cool power in general. It just um, it's not one that you get to see used very often. And when you do, it always has that weird social commentary of being creepy. <laughs> it's a lot of times it's the villain is. As, except in you know the case of the invisible girl for the most part but uh it is a cool power to have you know so yeah and since i haven't said it yet we did match on invisibility so oh wow awesome. i'm going to toss it back to you so that's cool so another power that uh i went with is uh teleportation um hey guess what we matched on this one too <laughs> crazy so this one is another one where if you're going to use the power to your, to your advantage, you, there's so many things you could do with this. Like, like I said, you could get into any concert or any sporting event or any comic convention you wanted to. But there's also like, I like the idea of this power because like you have the whole aspect of like, like I love, I don't do it enough, but I love traveling and going new places. And the idea that you could, tr I mean, I know that every, uh, comic book character that has this power has its limitations but the idea that you could just teleport anywhere you want is a really interesting concept and who wouldn't want to do that um and then yeah. you know there is the case like if you want to uh step up your game if you want to go out and fight crime and use your teleportation powers kind of like nightcrawler does like that could be pretty badass too but <laughs> the reason i picked it i guess my list is a lot of powers i wish i had so i was really thinking of just the ease of travel aspect with this one you know yeah um one of the things i think is interesting about teleportation is when you you have like nightcrawler for example yeah. you can only go so far and he yeah. has line of sight um from what i understand he had to have line of sight and then he can kind of guess it if he's going like to another room with the door closed um, yeah. ultimately he had to be able to see where he was going and he had to have, and it was there was like a distance to it. Um, I always thought that was interesting that they did that. Um, however, a really cool example of teleportation, which I always thought was kind of cool, the movie was mediocre in my opinion, but um, the movie Jumpers. Yeah, I was just thinking um, about that. <laughs> where like they were able to teleport, but they were able to like, it was like as long as they had some sort of visual. So when he's like having breakfast on top of the Sphinx in Egypt, he like, yeah postcard to get a visual and was able to just boom to Egypt, you know? Um, so there's some cool stuff there. Um, but yeah, teleportation, I I'm with you on that. So right on. So I guess it goes back to me again. Um, so let's see my next, uh, power I went with is uh super speed. And, uh, <laughs> this is another one where I feel like it, a lot of the reasons I picked this one is a lot of the reasons I picked uh, my last two choices. Like there's so many useful 
things you could do with super speed. There's so many travel aspects. There's so many aspects of like, you could literally kind of go anywhere and do whatever you want. But uh, I think this one really comes out of like, I love the flash as a character. I've always thought that like the idea of you, of having super speed would be so cool. I think the idea of using this power for good is really interesting too. Like if you wanted to take the uh, crime fighting route, because if you play your cards right, I feel like you really could be nearly unstoppable if you're a super speed character. So there's a lot of interesting aspects, but uh, it's kind of funny that like, I realized that a lot of the powers I went with have like similar reasons (laughs) for them. So Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on super speed or if we matched again on this one. Uh, We did not. Um, Okay. Nice. I, I went another route for my final two picks. Um, my second to last one, this is probably, in my opinion, in a world where, let's say, I'm going to give you a superpower, you can only choose one, and you're the only person on the planet with a superpower, this is the most useful thing I could possibly think of, and this is probably, in my opinion, the most useful superpower there is, and that is telepathy. Um, okay. Being able to read minds, being able to influence, being able to make decisions for people, Um You'd have to be very careful. You'd have to give that power to someone who has a very good head on their shoulders and understands common sense and a decent person. But because you could because that's a power that could be very misused if handled incorrectly. Right. But I do think it's probably one of the most useful powers in the game of. When you sit in a party and someone goes, everyone pick a superpower, what would you choose? And you kind of go around the table you're going to probably get 99% flights. Someone's going to say invisibility. And then I'm the guy that goes telepathy and they all look at me like I'm a weirdo. And I'm like, what? It's the most useful thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is telepathy is interesting. There's so many, like in your daily life, the people you talk to um, when you're trying to get a job, when you are trying to, haggle someone over the price of something when you're trying to do any kind of uh, conversation with a person in your everyday life this is something like forget like doing super extraordinary things I feel like telepathy is such a useful power so you're right you can use there's so many ways this could come to your advantage Um, I didn't pick this one and I think telepathy is a very I feel like it's a very powerful thing but it's also something where it can be I can imagine that it would be very eye opening and it could be very uh, depressing, actually. Like I think a lot about um, Sookie Stackhouse from uh, True Blood and yep. how Sookie could hear people's thoughts. And if you watch those first couple episodes of season one, you really see how she hears the ugly side of people's inner yeah. voices. And I feel like that's something that would be really hard to come to terms with, especially if you're hearing the thoughts of what people are thinking about you in real time. So I think this is one that takes, it would take a lot of mental fortitude. And that's really the biggest reason I didn't go with this one, because Drew, you're right. It's super use, useful, but I do think there's a really ugly side of humanity that you would see with this one and i just don't know if i have that right but like if i have that fortitude to deal with like i said you the word fortitude is great because that's exactly what you would need to kind of muscle your way through the use of that ability but yeah yeah so 
Um, okay. So I can move into my next pick. Um, I went with super strength. Um, another one, like what's that? I figured. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Superman fan, so of course I love super strength. Um, I'm also a big fan of the Hulk, um, and just super strength in general. I think I've always thought was like a really cool concept, like the ability to, lift anything you want um super strength for me is one of those ones that in a weird way kind of trumps flight because if you watch um like the if you read hulk comics or if you watch the hulk movies especially the uh ang lee hulk film from i think it was 2004 when it came out uh in that movie they really showcase how the hulk can like jump and literally literally travel for miles like the hulk will jump and he'll go so far on one jump like you could literally travel across like the country in a day if you wanted to like that and that's why i feel like he's almost flying he is leaping super far but you also have super strength so there's a level of invulnerability built into that power and there's a a level of being able to do a lot of other stuff besides just fly around. And that's one of the biggest reasons why super strength is one of my favorite powers there is. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, Drew, but super strength is awesome in my opinion. So um, I agree. I think I like that you brought up the Hulk movie because there is, yeah, look, I know people don't like that Hulk movie, and mostly I think people don't like the Hulk, the original Hulk movie because of the ending of the film, but right. there is so much good in there that I think it's overlooked, and I think the representation of the Hulk on screen is absolutely done correctly, and that's yeah. where I think, uh, I think they're missing the boat a little bit. I yeah. Well, I, th- I think they showcase the Hulk's powers in a way in that film that I don't think they have since and that's what i love about the movie i know the movie has its flaws it has its shortcomings but it also has some cool parts and uh i'm a i'm the kind of guy who can watch batman and robin and find things to enjoy about it so you got sometimes you got to look at the good side of things i guess (laughs) my message related to that so right um all right well i guess my last pick of the night um, is when I really come down to it, if you were to like, give me a genie's wish, um, like, Hey, here's your three wishes from a genie. And, you know, some people might ask for immortality. Uh, that's not really a superpower. Um, I would probably wish for Wolverine's healing factor. Oh, that's Uh, a good call. And I'm saying that because this comes down to the fact that, you know, one day eventually you're going to die. Right. But the healing factor doesn't make you immortal. It just kind of slows everything down and it heals fast. So there's no COVID, there's no flu, there's no AIDS, there's no cancer, there's no <laughs> Ebola, there's no like diseases. You don't even have to worry about that stuff. You don't have to worry about getting sick. You cut yourself, you heal real fast, you break a bone, you heal real fast. You don't have to worry about doctors or insurance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can like that stuff kind of goes out the window and then you can just live a long, good life and just, explore the world and see where it goes but yeah the healing factor i've literally thought about it i'm like that is i just feel like that is the best most useful here you go superpower um and yeah like when you watch logan uh you see that eventually the super the healing factor started to take a toll on him and it wasn't working as fast but he also went through a lot of physical 
things that happened to him throughout his life. So which got him to that part in the movie. So if you didn't go through all that, he might have still been cruising along. So, yeah, um, it's it's funny that uh, when I was describing this list, I did mention uh, Deadpool with the healing factor. And uh, even though I mentioned that, it's not something that I thought about putting on my list, but you've kind of sold me on it. Like it is a really great power to have and like who wouldn't want that like you're just like so in- invulnerable you're probably gonna live for a really long time so uh yeah awesome choice that's a that's a really yeah. good good idea so anyway all right man so i'm What's gonna go final one for the night yeah so my final pick is probably the one superpower i would pick if i had that genie show up and would let me pick you know wish for one superpower and that is uh telekinesis and uh, to me, I I grew up, you know, watching uh, the X-Men animated series from the 90s and you had Jean Grey who had telekinesis. And I never thought that it looked that cool on the show. You know, I was always like, I mean, I guess you can move stuff around, but I mean, then you have Wolverine over here and he's just a badass like, fighting everybody. And I never like thought through telekinesis that much. But uh, what really turned me around on this power was the movie Chronicle. Um, I, that's one of my favorite movies. I think it's so well done. And it's such a cool snapshot into, like, what if a group of teenagers in high school had the power of telekinesis and what would they actually do? Like, would they actually go out and fight crime? No, they probably wouldn't. They would probably use the power for their own gain get or their own gain and i feel like chronicle showcased that really well but what it also showcased is how how much stuff you can do with that power because you have telekinesis so yes you can move objects around with your thoughts but there's also a level of like almost like super strength with it where if you get skilled enough at it you can literally lift or move anything you want but that movie also showed how like you can literally fly with telekinesis because you are moving yourself around through the air. And it's, I feel like that movie just showcased it, like opened my eyes to how cool telekinesis is and how all encompassing it is in a way. And it's like sure. one of those things where like, I was just like, man, it's just the coolest superpower. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing can beat it, you know? And I feel like that's, a big reason why it tops my list. So uh, Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, but uh, yeah. I think you just want to open do- doors and like pull the remote to you and, you know, pretend you're a Jedi and just be like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to, I want to fly around and be able to move giant objects if I want to and stuff. That's kind of where I was going with it, but I, I hear you. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the other superpower that wasn't getting, talked about that we didn't talk about and which i really feel like when you really when you read comic books and you really dive in and kind of soak in the superpowers is magneto's control of metal um you almost think the amount of metal in the world um and like you just look around the room anywhere like the amount of metal that's just around like that is such a massively cool superpower um and it makes him so incredibly like menacing as a character because of what he can control yeah um so that's one we didn't talk about, but, you know, just it, in the realm of like telekinesis, like, you know, if you didn't know he had control metal, like it looks like telekinesis on paper. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah, there's just those really cool aspects. So, um, yeah, man. 
I guess that brings us to the end of the list. Um, <laughs> literally, there was a quick pause, like, hey, it's the end of the episode. I can't believe we're yeah. here. Um, all right, so next week, you're off. We, You're off. You're taking a vacation, so you're not going to be here, right? Yeah. Okay, so Peter is not going to be with us next week. I'm going to have a guest, maybe two on in place of Peter, just for fun while he's out. Um, that cool. way I don't have to do a solo show on my own. And unfortunately, I don't know what list we're doing um, because um, I've talked to those people and they're still kind of like piecing it together. So it's going to be a surprise to everybody, if you will. Um, however, Peter, when you return, it will be my pick. So we have to know, you need to know what you're doing when you get back from vacation. Yeah. So my son, for some reason, is really into the Titanic. Not the movie. Okay. Not the movie, but the idea, the event, the historical thing. He's really into it. He reads books on it. He gets really excited on it. He watches YouTube videos and documentaries and stuff. He thinks it's amazing. He got home from school today and said, Dad, I want to watch Titanic. So I had to put the movie in. And before we sat down to record, I was watching Titanic. Um, what made me think about this is I really enjoy boat stuff. I also like really ocean stuff. So the list we're going to do is movies that take place on the open water like it's got to be boat stuff um and so it could be like you know treasure hunting movies like fool's gold for example or it could be titanic or it could be like water world if you want to throw that out because hey right. water world's on 4k now um <laughs> so get your copy um but i just thought that'd be kind of cool just for the sake of uh what those movies entail, the danger that they entail. Uh, it could be a pirate film. It could be, uh, you know, a period piece. It could be like Master Commander is a great one. You know, there's definitely some movies out there. So it's got to, the only rule I have is it's got to take place on an ocean or open water or something like that. So nice. And this is a, this is a cool one because uh, it, the weather's getting nice finally. And uh, this will be a fun list to do, um, you know, as summer is approaching. So uh, good call. Yeah. Um, otherwise, um, that is it for this episode. You ready to toss it in the can? Yeah. All right. Well, before we go, Peter, enjoy your vacation. Thanks. Um, <laughs> we'll see you when you get back. In the meantime, everyone, do us a favor and check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our social media. Either way works. Um, we are on... Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, Audible, Amazon. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre. And that's where I will be reminding you that we all know that the real greatest superpower is to have a watch that turns beavers into gold. Yes. <laughs> and it's something very strange and mystical. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. The Top 5 Report. I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good night. Mm -hmm.